The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go Nothing that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, December 13th, week number 15 of the NFL season. And yes, it is time for the fantasy football playoffs where the fortunate will reign supreme and the less fortunate, they will head home and try again next season. As a woman once said very eagerly and weirdly in the Hunger Games, may the odds be ever in your favor as we enter this time, folks. Seth Wilcock back with you. As you can tell, if you're in our YouTube audience, I'm not in my usual studio Right now, I'm in the attic of my best friend's house. I'm back home taking care of some business this week. Um, appreciate Udo renting out the attic for, uh, for a studio tonight for me. Um, I'm joined by my guys, Scott Reinier, Sleepless in Seattle. And I'm also joined by a man who enjoyed some whiskey on Saturday night at the Between the Holidays party. That's my guy, Nate Colvote. Gentlemen, you are looking good. You are looking trim. How are we as we enter the fantasy football playoffs? You know, I've actually been kind of on a diet where I'm just eating a ton of quinoa and I'm losing weight. It's been the weirdest thing. Um, so thanks for noticing Seth. I appreciate it. Looking trim and got a nice little cleanup on my I'm trying to grow my beard out cause it's cold. So we'll see how that goes. There we go. There we go. Scott, you're looking trim over there too. I, I think your, your girls are keeping you uh, active and youthful. Yeah. The scale might say differently, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm definitely not eating any quinoa. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm good, man. The season playoffs are here. I'm tired, but I'm excited. Like it's, it's go time now. It's supposed to be next week. Um, we might hit a record low in Seattle. It's supposed to be next Thursday. It's supposed to get down to like almost zero degrees, which I don't think I've ever seen. So looking forward to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, guys, this is go time. Honestly, this is why we prepare 365 days a year for this time, week 15, 16, 17, and 18. If you're in one of those weirder leagues as well, whatever, you know, whatever is your cup of tea tonight on the show, guys, we are going to get you set. We're going to talk injuries and news, how we can pivot from the week 14 fallout. We're also going to do temperature check and do a playoff trust meter. Can we trust these once studs as we move into the fantasy football playoffs? And then we'll get some in the scope going, waivers, free agent fines. Who can we get you guys on the cheap? Last week, I threw out Chuba Hubbard. I said, go get him after waivers. He came through big here in week 14. I had to play him a couple places, and he's looking like one of the top ads this week. So we'll try to get you ahead of waivers here later in the show. And then we're going to round it out with some weekly advice 
tell a couple stories, some advice on how to lose graciously. It's one of the hardest things to do, especially when you're like us and you go all in on fantasy football. How do we lose properly? We're going to tell you that. I do want to welcome in the in-between media family before we get too far into the show. Looks like we got Albert in the chat. Good to see you, Albert. Good afternoon. Good evening. We got Toronto Dave saying Seth looking fly as hell. Hey, we appreciate that, baby. He also He's also saying shout out Chubba Hubbard. Hell yeah, man. And we got Brad Bolt tuning in all the way from Australia. We got some diversity in our audience tonight already. Love it. And we got Didi cooking at the lake house saying hello, hello, boys. We appreciate you, Didi. It was great to see you um, on the holiday show cooking it up with Sven. Um, that looked like some pretty good carbonara they made up, didn't it, Nate? Yeah, no, it made me hungry, which I- – awful because i couldn't go eat but yeah that was fa- that was a fantastic segment i love that we had that element to our holiday show i i completely agree it was a blast if you guys are new to the in-between family please subscribe if you like this type of content we combine feel-good lifestyle advice with fantasy sports advice and if you guys have hung around with us all season thank you guys so much we greatly appreciate it looks like we got lucius back in the chat already give a thumbs up to this video guys help spread the the love and the joy of ibt media around um, and with all that said, guys, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, let's get locked and loaded with some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just have some fun. Ain't got to worry about something. For what it means. Come and give me another cause the night is young At least I so thought This just in Breaking news Front and center All right, front and center. Here we go, guys. Before we jump in to give you the latest news and injury analysis, I want to first start with this question from Lucius, and I know we'll touch on this a little bit later in the show, but Lucius is saying, evening guys currently in the playoffs and have the Pats defense. Time to drop, question mark. Their schedule moving forward is really rough. Options would be Green Bay, Carolina, Saints. Thanks as usual. And I'll, I'll be honest, guys, I just went and picked up some skis. Um, I, I bought some skis for uh, for a Christmas gift for somebody. And uh, I was at one of my old teacher's houses who happened to be selling them on Facebook Marketplace, like I said, back in the hometown. And he said, hey, before you go, can I get some advice? And he asked, he asked me this very question. He has Patriots D. He has Bills D. Should he move off one of those? And, uh, and pick up one of these other defenses out here. He's throwing out Green Bay, Carolina, and the Saints here, Nate. How do you feel about it? Green Bay with an excellent matchup this week. I like them a lot this week. I'm going to talk about the Panthers defense a little bit more later on, but they have a, a better, you know, better end of season schedule, I think, than the Panthers do. The way Carolina's defense has played lately, I would probably go after Carolina out of this list. I mean, Green Bay's got a good matchup this week, but that defense hasn't been that good. And they haven't been consistently good. Yeah, and Carolina, I mean, they get pit this week. So whether that's Pickett, whether it's Trubisky, um, it's a pretty good matchup. So could be Mason Rudolph. I would, I would, I would play Carolina over New England. It's tough with defenses because New England's been really good all season long. But you're at a point where it's, you know, depending on your format, it's if you lose, you go home. So I mean, Green Bay does have a good matchup with the Rams this week, as does Carolina with Pitt. But you know, both those teams, Green Bay and Carolina, then their matchups get tough. So it's it's a it's a jigsaw puzzle this time of year, but it's fun. 
I think you can play Carolina week 17 against the Buccaneers. I like that matchup. Mm -hmm. I don't like their week 16 matchup though. However, the Packers, you can get them this week against the Rams. However, there is some Baker Mayfield magic in the air right now out there in Los Angeles. And then they have the Dolphins Vikings. So it really would be a one week rental for the Packers. With this all being said, guys, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers in this option. I'm okay to drop New England here. Um, final answer for you, Scott, who would you pick out of this three? And are you dropping New England for any of them? Um, well, I mean, I just looked at it and, I, you know, not to throw a wrench into it, but I mean, New England gets Vegas this week. That's not a terrible matchup either for a, what's shown to be a really good fantasy defense. So I don't know if I'd be so quick, but I mean, after that, they get they get the Bengals and the Dolphins. So that's tough. Um, but I'm probably going with Carolina. I think their defense is playing better than the Packers. Um, so if both Carolina and the Packers are facing some, I mean, the thing is, is you're probably going to be faced with a situation where you don't get to play against a really sweet matchup every single week. So if that's the case, I think the Panthers defense has been playing better and I'd go with them. And we might have Mitch Trubisky out there for, for the Steelers as well, Nate, who some of those picks weren't his fault. I, I was listening to Big Ben's podcast this week, and it sounded like some of those were not on him. So uh, I understand that. But still, Mitch Trubisky, um, he, he's a matchup in heaven right now, I think, for the Carolina defense. Well, and if you didn't hear today, Mike Tomlin wouldn't commit to Trubisky as a starter, even if Pickett is out this week, which means there's a chance we might get Mason Rudolph over Mitch Trubisky. So, right, it it could go from really good to even better for the Carolina defense. Awesome. Awesome question there. Dee Dee saying Carolina all the way, showing some support for her Charlotte team down there. Um, I, I want to bring up the, the first headline here, guys, and it's Kyler Murray believes to have suffered a torn ACL last night. Really ugly game for injuries, Ooh. and it was played on grass, so it was kind of surprising to see that. Um, really sad to see this for Kyler Murray. I'm not a big Kyler Murray fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I thought he was a, we, we said it last week, a playoff landmine. However, I don't wish for this on anybody. Um, sucks to see that there might be some turnover in this Cardinals organization after this season. DeAndre Hopkins still has a really nice night, seven for 79. Could have been a little bit more, but could have come down with a couple touchdowns. Hollywood, four for 34 after Nate and I kind of dismissed him a couple times last week from some questions. Scott, how do you feel about this uh, this Arizona offense moving forward rest of the season without Kyler Murray? Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, you're still throwing him out there, but I don't know if there's there's much else um, besides him and James Conner that you can really bank on. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody takes a hit with Kyler going down, regardless of you know how people might feel about Kyler. He's better than Colt McCoy. But um, Colt McCoy is one of the more capable backups, I would say, in the league. So it's not it's not a death, you know, it's not just like, complete wasteland now so yeah d hop is still just a start i'm i'm probably still rolling out hollywood brown i still have faith um and james connor you know it's just it's it is it, it is a slight downgrade but you know i mean kyler wasn't playing fantastic you know he wasn't playing as bad as some people think he was still at qb6 but he just he was playing more at his floor than his ceiling so colt mccoy isn't as much of a fall down the cliff as it might have been in seasons past um but you know, it, 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 it caps, it caps the whole offense. So, um, yeah. but I'm still probably starting those three. Okay. Nate, Nate, any interest in, and when you say those three, you're saying D hop Hollywood, James Connor. Yeah, correct? Sorry. Yeah. Those three. Yes. Okay. Nate, you and I have kind of been off Hollywood the last couple of weeks. Are you willing to ride it out here towards the end of the season with him and Colt McCoy now or no? I don't know. I mean, 
when McCoy starts, he throws the ball a lot. You look back to last season, he threw the ball 44 times in his lone hundred percent snap share. And then let's see, let me pull this up here. 2022, he threw the ball 40 times, 34 times and 37 times in his starts this season. So when he's in, there's still going to be plenty of volume in this offense. It's can he put together enough completions over 40 throws. And I think as he gets worked into this offense over the next couple of weeks, I think he can. So I do think there's value in Hollywood, maybe even a little bit of a bump for Rondale over the next, like maybe two weeks, two, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping Rondale can get back. We haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. Um, so I'm hoping we see him Broncos, Buccaneers and Falcons. So not the best schedule, but not one I'm necessarily running from. But I think Scott summed it up very well. Everyone's going to take a hit here in this Arizona offense. So just be prepared for that. Maybe a little bit of a possible league-winning action from James Conner, though, who might be relied on more down the stretch. Also leaving Monday Night Football was Ramondre Stevenson. I don't really want to get into this too much because we don't have any information. I tried scouring the internet for it today. No one's saying anything out of New England. Shocker. So... uh, (laughs) So I, so I guess we're just going to have to prepare for if, if Stevenson might be out there. But he did come back to the game and then exited again. Kevin Harris, Nate, would he be the next man up for you? I assume Damian Harris is also out. I don't know. Pierre Strong looked pretty good last night, guys. Like, I was impressed with his carries. I think that that complicates it if Stevenson and Harris are both out. Because I think now we might see a mixture of Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. And in that situation you don't want to start either one because it's Bill Belichick. Who knows? I think that outside of Stevenson and Harris, if it's Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, you just don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Any additional thoughts there on the New England backfield situation, Scott? Because I am kind of like with Nate. It almost feels kind of like a a Tony Jones slash Travis Homer situation in Seattle last week where it could be, it could be very, very generous for fancy managers and it could be backfire on them as well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I agree. If if both Ramondre and Damian Harris are out, then I mean, even if if Damian Harris is healthy and Ramondre is out, I would I would think it would go back to Damian Harris leading the backfield. But honestly, the best case scenario, I think, if you want to rely on a on a New England back uh, running back, is just for Ramondre to be healthy. Um, outside of that, I think it's a mess, and I'm it's unless you're just in a total pinch at running back or a flex spot. I don't really want to risk that in the playoffs. Okay. Craig in the chat saying, agreed. Pierre ran strong. Love that play on words from our guy, Craig. Good to see you tonight, buddy. Um, moving forward here, guys, Debo Samuel suffers an ankle injury on, uh, on Sunday. Is it a full send time on Brandon Ayuk? And does this give us any hope that maybe just maybe George Kittle can do something Four out of his last five games, less than seven PPR points. It is atrocious right now. Nate, is there any hope that George Kittle can turn it around here? Brock Purdy did look excellent, Mr. Irrelevant, in his first start. Well, yeah, he targeted him five times. Kittle had four catches. That's an improvement over some of the games we've seen lately. And I think it's their connection's only going to get stronger. And I think it's the same with Ayuk. If Debo misses significant time, which it sounds like he may, I Shanahan's been so good this season with just using what he has and making the best of it. And now that's going to be Ayuk and Kittle for Brock Purdy. And I I think it boosts Kittle rest of season. And Ayuk. 
Okay. Scott, we got Seahawks on Thursday night for the 49ers, Commanders, Raiders. So again, not, not a schedule we're running from by any means. The Commanders are going to be a little bit tougher of a matchup here. Like, can you trust George Kittle? I think is the question here, Scott, because Evan Ingram comes out, has a monster day. Like, would you consider starting Evan Ingram over George Kittle right now? I think, I mean, I have to make that consideration right now. I mean, it, it you know, it's, it's difficult because of the, the, the name recognition with, you know, it's, it seems almost unfathomable to think about starting Evan Ingram over him, but I mean, you know, Evan, and prior to this monster game by Ingram, he hadn't necessarily been lighting the world on fire either, but just based on the usage and what Kittle has done recently, what the recent trend is, it's, it's very difficult to start him. Um, and I mean, as far as Ayuk goes, like he did catch the touchdown, but he only had three targets in the game. Um, and I mentioned it a few podcasts ago. Man, is the 49ers both schedule against running backs and schedule against pass, cutting, pass catching running backs. Super juicy in the playoffs. So we could see a ton of McCaffrey. Um, not that, you know, I mean, they're still going to have to pass the ball to other people. And so, I mean, I think it, you know, if, if Debo's not there, Ayuk's value bumps up. But I'm not necessarily saying to the moon. Um, because, again, in this first start with Brock Purdy, only three targets. Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey is the big just overall. I don't want to say that there's yeah. a winner out of this Debo Samuel injury because the whole offense will probably draw back just a little bit. Um, but Christian McCaffrey, guys, he could be honestly a league winner here. And if you He's have him, like I had him on a dynasty league a couple weeks ago, I contemplated selling him because I was kind of right on that playoff bubble, made it into the playoffs with him. And I feel really confident now moving forward as him being my RB1, RB2 in that situation. So, yeah, CMC, I think, gets the biggest bump here with no Debo Samuel. He should be back for the playoffs. So if you are playing any fantasy playoffs, doing any keeper league, anything like that, keep Debo Samuel in mind for later in the season. Quickly want to talk about some quarterbacks as well here, gentlemen. Russell Wilson, Tyler Huntley, both concussed in addition to Kenny Pickett in Week 15. Um, again, we can't really speculate too much. It looks like Russell Wilson is trending towards not playing we don't have much information on the other quarterbacks yet um but just kind of a damning week for quarterbacks here boys no i mean in super flex in super flex leagues you know this is tricky you know because you easily could be relying on somebody like russell wilson or tyler huntley but in one qb leagues like i hope you know i would hope that you're not down to starting either of these guys anyway at this point um i mean tyler huntley had you know he had some of that hype coming off the waiver wire because of that one good game last season um, but you know, a huge downgrade from Lamar. And I mean, Russell Wilson did, you know, finally have multiple touchdowns. And I think he finally surpassed the amount of bathrooms he has in <laughs> yeah. touchdown passes this week. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, and, and again, obviously I hope these guys are okay. These brain injuries are getting a little out of control. Um, but you know, I don't think this is a huge hit fantasy wise. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree with that analysis there. Nate, any additional thoughts on these injuries? Also, Mike White, he got speared. Dude, he got Ooh. cut in half. Oh my god, it was twice. Yeah, that was brutal, twice. Man. So, did you see? So did you see the story about him and that yeah. game? So he got hit. Went in, was evaluated for a rib injury. They told him he could sit. He says, no, I'll go back out. Went back out, got the second rib injury. They taped him up, sent him back out, finished the game, and left the stadium in an ambulance to have his ribs looked at. It was that bad of a rib injury, and he's going to start next week. 
Are you sure? Are you confident he's going to start? That's what it, I – everything I've seen points towards he's been cleared. He can start. He's going to be practicing this week. So can we just say, like, whatever you think of his fantasy value, that dude is a warrior. Like, Yeah, that's wow. crazy. People love him. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's why people love him. If If – let's just say Mike White is out in addition to these other quarterbacks that were concussed last weekend, who are you guys' favorite streamers? Right now, Jared Goff still less than 50% rostered in ESPN leagues, 44.9. He's been on a roll. He had a great performance last week, three touchdowns, 300-plus yards for Goffski. And then Brock Purdy, 7% rostered as well. Those were my favorite streamers looking at it. Is there anyone else you would add, Nate? I take – I mean, if you're a Mike White manager, I take a flyer on Flacco. We saw him be really good at the beginning of the season in this offense. And if you're hurting, I mean, it's – not a bad ad. I mean, okay. with Flacco, like he throws so much, and they have such a t- they have such a great schedule for quarterbacks. The mm-hmm. Jets do, so he's he he would not be a bad. I mean, you're gonna have to take your lumps with somebody like Flacco. Sure, it's um, a one week rental, but yeah, my my concern with Goff is he has been playing well, but I mean, the Jets are a brutal matchup in Week 14, so that's that's a tough one because I mean, Goff has been good, but he's also put up some games that if he puts that type of game up in Week 14, you're probably going home. Um, I do do like Aaron Rodgers, too, here moving forward, boys. Really favorable schedule. He's not out there in every league, but I know a lot of people were dropping him before the bye. So he could possibly be out there on waivers as well in some shallower leagues. So I would be interested in Aaron Rodgers as long as he's upright. He hasn't been great for fantasy, but he has not had a week that's killed you yet. So I'm all right with that in the fantasy playoffs. Like the worst thing to do a couple years ago, super flex league for me, my team puts up like 180, really good week in the semifinals. Derek Carr drops like two points for me. I never was able to forgive Derek Carr for that. But like that's the worst thing you can have is like a QB stinker. So um, I, I like those options, you guys, and I, I threw out there for you. Let's move on and talk quickly about the Cowboys. I don't know if it matters a ton right now, but they do lose right tackle Terrence Steele to an ACL. Four straight games of 16-plus points for Zeke. He's bounced back very nicely off his injury. But Tony Pollard, oh my, oh my, guys. is this? It, he is him, Tony Pollard. I was wrong about this guy. RB1 in five out of his last six games. RB7 on the season. Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Tennessee. Outside of Philly, those are not, those are not matchups that scare me for these running backs. Are we downgrading them at all, Scott, without, without uh, Steele out there? I mean, maybe slightly, um, but I mean, they, their their running game is just working. Um, you know, you've got two, you've got two viable, and I mean, it looked like for a minute there after Zeke's injury, when Tony Pollard had that explosion game, we might see it it, it veer more towards one primary back, but it hasn't. They've both been fantasy relevant. Um, they're both getting in the end zone, so you know, I think it's a slight downgrade. Just, I mean, anytime your O line takes a hit at a starting position it's going to be a bit of a downgrade. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm starting both. Okay. Awesome. I don't know if anyone just picked that up on the YouTube, but a ladybug just flew on my glasses. So that was sweet. Oh, oh your own little Mike Pence moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Easy. Day. All right. Now. Hey. So, uh, Nate, I want to talk about the other running backs in this Houston Dallas game. And, I thought I was looking at this game. I said, there's no way Dallas is favored by 17 points. 
I rode out the huge. I rode with Houston last week against the spread, so that was kind of fun to see see that come to fruition. Close, I saw some man. people actually had the money line on Houston, which they almost was, lost. Yeah, that that would have been tough if you're riding the money line with Houston. But Damian Pierce goes down in this one, Nate, with what is believed to be a high ankle sprain. He hasn't been great though over the last month. Just seven point nine fantasy points per game over that stretch. Hasn't topped sixteen points since week five. So he's just kind of been okay after. We, we really kind of fell in love with him earlier in the season. The question is, Nate, how sexy do you feel? Do you feel sexy enough to dance with Rexy down the stretch? Assuming Pierce is going to miss some time. Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville. Kansas City is a really, really nice matchup. Kansas City is a great matchup. And I think, I think I'm okay with it. I mean, look at what he did last season in weeks 15, 16, and 17. He had 16 carries for 41 yards. Nothing to write home about against Jacksonville. We're still talking six PPR points. But then in week 16 against the Chargers, he had 22 carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns. He's a late season guy. He's a guy that is going to have one of those chunk games here over the next two to three weeks. The Damian Pierce injury sets that up perfectly. I think he's still capable of it. But how do you know which game that's going to be? That's the fresh legs. Could, he does have fresh got, legs, which is and that was the same thing with last season. He yeah. had fresh legs, and once they needed him, he was yeah, he was ready to go. He hasn't, yeah, he really hasn't carried the ball much this season. They haven't asked him to really do a whole lot with Pierce. I mean, oh, he hasn't had he didn't have a carry weeks eleven through thirteen this season. So he's very fresh legged. Scott, are, are you ballsy enough to roll out Sexy Rexy in your playoffs if you need a, a desperation RB2, or do you prefer to find other options here? I mean, as it as it can play, I'm probably fine with it. I mean, the thing about Rex is if he's the guy, which he pretty much is at this point with Pierce out, that high ankle sprain is likely at least probably the fantasy playoffs. You know, when he when he gets the volume, when he gets the market, when he gets the market share in that running, wherever he is as a running back with his pass catching ability. I mean, I think he's a decent floor play um, that, that almost sounded like foreplay. Um, <laughs> but the problem with the problem with Rex Burkhead was earlier in the season, he, had, he was putting up some points. But then once it became more shared, it, he just went completely dark. Um, and but I don't think there's that risk here. If he, you know, and I mean, the Texans are playing for, well, the first overall pick, basically. Um, so as, as a desperation play, yeah, I, I, you know, depending on who I'm choosing from, but I don't, I don't hate it. I'm not like my, my immediate reaction isn't like, oh, no way. Like I would definitely consider it. Last thing to note here before we move on to temperature check boys and talk about these uh, these fantasy playoffs, the, the how, how confident we feel in these players moving forward. I just want to touch on the Steelers-Panthers game coming up here in, uh, in week number 15. The Panthers have a chance to really close the gap here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They could walk away the NFC South winners, which seems absurd to think about. Um, it's insane. But yeah, what, but... what are we even talking about? <laughs> yeah, it, it is absurd, but like for fantasy purposes, in this game, do we feel confident rolling out anyone aside from Foreman, Najee, Patty Fryermuth, Ch- Chuba Hubbard? Because Deontay Johnson has just been blah all season, still hasn't scored a touchdown. There's no ceiling to him, and his floor is lower than ever as well. George Pickens is explosive, but man, does he have a low low floor as well. So I don't think I can trust them. I don't want to trust Terrace Marshall or anything on the Panthers receiving uh, receiving game. 
Nate, are, are, outside from Patty Fryermuth and the RBs here, are you rolling out any, any of these players this week? I might throw out George Pickens if I'm desperate and I need a ton of points in the unlikely event he goes off, but I think there's a chance. Otherwise, no. You can't. You just, you can't. Scott, are you interested at all in any, any of these players here? No, I really with both these teams, it's the running backs that I'm interested in, especially with Carolina. I mean, we'll get to it later, but the amount they're running as of late, it is crazy. Um, so I Carolina passing game. Okay. Awesome guys. Appreciate you guys recapping. So yeah, this no, just, you. just the, just the running back for me. Perfect. Perfect. Let's go ahead and let's move forward to our next segment here. Let's go ahead and jump into some temperature check. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy s***. All right. Temperature check, baby. We're going to tell you. Uh, who can you trust here down the stretch? Because trust is a big word right now. And Nate, does it seem like maybe it's just me and the season I'm having, but I feel like from a couple, like every month stretch, it seems like there's inconsistency from player to player. The defenses get better and worse as it goes. Like people we thought two months ago who were locked and loaded are trash now. People who we were telling people a couple weeks ago to drop Jerry Judy and he goes out and has a huge week. So like, it just seems a little crazy right now. Right. Uh, yes. This has been the strangest fantasy season I can remember. And like, obviously I can't remember back to 1992 when I started, but what I do remember, nothing's ever between injuries, players underperforming that we thought were going to be huge. Like Jonathan Taylor, I've never seen an RB one like that. Just not produce. Yeah, except the Le'Veon Bell year when he didn't play, but that's true. Le'Veon, okay, fair enough. But like, this has just been a season full of that crazy amounts of injuries, crazy amounts of concussions. San Francisco's on their third quarterback, and they're tied for the division lead. So, like, yeah. Yeah, so how we're going to play temperature check here, boys, is I'm going to go through a player. I'm going to name them, talk a little bit about them, and give you my opinion on them. I want to know from you, are you rare, which means you're full send on them? Are you medium, like you're probably still starting them, but you have hesitations? Or are you well done, meaning you don't want anything to do with this player down the stretch here? Um, we used to play it the other way, but I was told well done is not a good steak. So apparently I'm an uncultured guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like well done steak, I mean, I'm sorry if the shoe fits. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to start with Jalen Waddle. I put him on the thumbnail today, boys, because I am having trouble trusting him. I think I might bench him in a couple leagues this week. He has not finished better than wide receiver 31 since week nine. He has been a wide receiver one this season, but really starting to slip, boys. Two is not looking great either. Buffalo, Green Bay, New England. So nothing I'm running from right now. Like New England was a way worse matchup earlier in the season. They lost their number one cornerback last night to injury. I'm not sure how long he will be out for. Um, Jack Jones, that is. So, Scott, how do you feel about Jalen Waddle? Can you trust Waddle? I mean, I'm getting to the point where I can't, and it sucks because I have so much waddle. Um, 
But I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's the playoffs and you don't, you have to balance getting too cute with decisions with also not getting, getting distracted by somebody's name or their early season, you know, their early season success. Um, so as always, it depends on who I'm choosing from. Um, but yeah, Waddle, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting him in as like my wide receiver two in the playoffs, I'm nervous about it at this point. Okay. Nate, I, I want to pose a hypothetical, which is actually a situation I'm in. So maybe you can lend me a little bit of advice with the IBT family. I have Waddle right now as my wide receiver three in a league. I have Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson ahead of him. Wow. I'm thinking about benching him this week for Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson. Is that a mistake with what we've seen out of Waddle and the Dolphins as a whole of late? No. There's something going on with, like you said, Tua. I'm at a point where I'm medium well on him. I'm kind of in between because I want to still trust him, but I can't, but I'm not full panic quite yet. And he could, and he could draw up like a 40 bird. He could, right? he yeah. could. So I'll probably start him this week. Um, but oh, Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson. That's also, I think they have higher ceilings this week, honestly, than Jalen Waddle does. So I would probably do it. Um, and then if he pops this week, maybe you can go back to starting him. We got Albert in the chat saying, would you guys start Devonta Smith over Waddle this week? Scott, how do you feel about that putting you on the spot, bud? That one's close. And because of my connection issues that I've been having, I had to just shut down all other tabs. So I'm running blind with stats. Bears, and Bears this week right now for the Eagles. Bears. Um, I'm probably still starting Waddle over Devonta Smith personally. Okay. I don't know if I could. I think I'd honestly take Smith right now. I think I think. But I would, you know, at the same time, I mean, Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson in your situation. I mean, I don't know how you bench Christian Watson at this point. Like, yeah. for any reason. I mean, right. I, don't, I don't care about touchdown regression. We're in the last three weeks of the season. That, You know what I mean? Like, him scoring a touchdown per game the next three games is just as likely as anybody in the league. So I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got to start Christian Watson. Garrett Wilson is, you know, I mean, the quarterback issue there notwithstanding, um, he's been, he's been, he's been, he's having a strong end of the season too. So I talked myself back into it. I'll, I'd start Devonta Smith over Waddle. Forget it. I, I would also go Devonta yeah. Smith this week as well. Um, Nate, are you on board with Devonta over Waddle? I don't know, man. Like Devonta Smith has been really good, but also the Bears secondary isn't bad. They've been pretty good oh. against wide receivers the last few weeks. Dude, I don't know. But they I think got... I'm still, I still, I'm still going to say I'm going to go Smith over Waddle this week. They just lost Kyle Fuller lately. I feel like they're going to get torn apart here um, from Jalen Hurts. I could be wrong on that, but I'm going to go Devonta Smith here with Scott. Um, a great question about the Alabama receivers from Albert there. Moving forward, I do want to talk about Jerry Judy. And I just kind of wrap up that 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 discussion. I, I would guess we would both say, or all of us would say, Jalen Waddle like a low-end wide receiver two rest of season rather than the wide receiver one he's been. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, or or worse. Hopefully not worse, but okay. Jerry Judy, though, guys, comes off a wide receiver one overall finish on three TDs, averaging over 16 points per games in games where he has finished and started healthy. He's got Arizona, the Rams, and Kansas City on the docket for him. So no, nothing I am running from. However, we don't know what the quarterback situation is. And I just don't know how to peg Jerry Judy anymore, boys. Like I truly do not know how to think about him. I loved him coming into the season because he was so good at getting separation. 
this year, he he keep in mind, last year was the number one receiver in separation per target. This year, 93rd, 1.35 yards per target of separation. Scott, thinking about those numbers, like how do you feel about Judy moving forward? Because he does catch the three touchdowns here. He was electric, but it, it's so hard to trust anything in this Denver offense in general. Where are you on the meter? Um, you know, I'm I'm medium-ish with Jerry Judy. Um, I mean, to put it this way, like, it, you know, if, if we were talking about this a week ago, I'd be I'd be well done. Um, but we, we just saw three touchdowns. So you can't you can't chase touchdowns, but you also can't ignore them. But at the same time, as bad as Russell Wilson's been, he's he is the starter and he might not be the starter this coming week. I would have a hard time rolling Jerry Judy out in my lineup. I mean, you know, if you. If you just take this last week's game, yeah, it looks great. But if you just if you look at how their offense has operated over a longer sample size the whole season, I mean, their passing game has not been trustworthy. So I'm I'm medium I'm medium with Jerry Judy. Nate sounds like Scott kind of has him in that wide receiver three flex range right now. Is that about where you are on Judy, despite the just terrific performance from him and your Broncos this last week? Oh, wide receiver three flex on like the like high, high end of his outcomes rest of season. I loved what we saw against Kansas City. That was really cool as a Broncos fan to get to watch and listen to on the radio him score three touchdowns. But I have concerns because, first of all, this was unlike anything we've seen Denver do all season. This offense hasn't been nearly that good at any point in any game. So it feels kind of like a one-off to me. Russell Wilson's out next week against Arizona. Likely he's trending towards not playing. Then they've got the Rams, which is a good matchup, but then they've got Kansas city at home in week 17. And I will tell you something as a Broncos fan lifelong, when the Broncos go into Arrowhead in December, it never goes well. They just get destroyed. It's been that way for 30 years. They just get absolutely destroyed at Arrowhead. I mean, they've lost 14, 13 consecutive games now to the Chiefs. I don't like that week 17 matchup. And I don't think that Judy's going to be a fact. He's definitely not. He's not going to put up 30 points again, guys. Like, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super stressful situation there. And last week, oh, my God. So just kind of have to vent a little bit to, to you guys on this one. I, I, you know, I throw out a little plus 1200 parlay. All three legs hit in the early games. All I need Denver to do is lose by more than nine points and I hit all game I'm looking good I'm looking good and then they somehow claw it out and oh, no. the Chiefs win by eight they could have kicked a field goal but no it doesn't happen so I could have cashed out for my still would have been my largest payday on any parlay this year didn't take the payday tried to ride it out so uh frustrating there overall but it sounds like you guys are really putting us in check right now over the situation um, in Denver there. Moving forward here, guys, looks like we have a question from Lucius. He's saying, great show so far. What do you guys think about the Pats running back situation? Hard to tell who's playing. Is Strong worth picking up off waivers this week? We talked a little bit about this earlier, Lucius, but it's kind of hard to trust any anything if Ramondre isn't going. You can pick up Kevin Harris. You can pick up Pierre Strong, but it's so hard to trust with Bill Belichick. So, if you want more analysis, you can hop back. I think we maybe talked about that maybe in like the seven to ten minute mark. Um, but over overall, like we're not we're not too interested in the Pats situation if there is no Stevenson. 
Appreciate the question either way, though, Lucius. Gabe Davis, next one I want to talk about. Everyone's darling early on here, boys. Wide receiver 45 or worse in five out of his last seven games since the Buffalo bye. Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati. So two decent matchups here in the next two weeks, Scott. Can you trust Gabriel Davis? I mean, not if I can help it. You know, I mean, I was, you know, I was never like on either side of this crazy spectrum that was there. Over I don't the think any of us were. Yeah. I think we, yeah, we, I was we just kind of like, I was, I was just like, Gabe Davis is a boomer bust wide receiver moving on. And that's what he's been. He's had some big games, but he hasn't had one in a while. So you can choose to look at that in a couple different ways. He's due. Okay. Do you want to risk that in your fantasy playoffs? Or, I mean, what's been troubling as of late is there has been some games because the knock was always if he got more volume, he would be a wide receiver one. And he's been getting not not consistently necessarily, but he's had some spike games of volume that didn't amount to anything. He's still that boomer bust guy. So I, you know, I, I'm medium, medium to, to, to medium well with Gabe Davis personally. Um, I'm, I, I'm not really worth, willing to take that risk in the playoffs. Nate, I, I kind of sit right where Scott does. I'm kind of medium, medium well. If I need high upside, maybe I'll throw him out there. But they just brought in Cole Beasley this week, too, who apparently yeah. is not retired. Like, apparently he, he just didn't want to be in Tampa Bay is really what he was saying. He's not saying, I don't want to play football anymore. I don't want to play football with this team. So I could see them trying to get Beasley a little more involved and get him into speed the next couple of weeks heading into the playoffs. So that's what I was going to bring up is that, Guys, they signed Cole Beasley. They brought this dude out of retirement, brought him onto the practice squad, and he's expected to possibly be active this weekend. That tells me that this team doesn't love Gabe Davis. Isaiah so, McKenzie as well, probably even more. Well, that's the thing. But it's both. It's both. They feel like they needed to add that dynamic playmaker that Cole Beasley was last season. And whether you like it or not, and his stupid raps and his stupid attitude and his stupid face – the guy is a good wide receiver oh. three in most offenses, right? Like the skill sets there. Gabe Davis is exactly what I think the three of us thought he was going to be this season. He's an up and he's a down. It's a boom week. It's a bust week. But the signing of Cole Beasley, I think that just kind of does him in. He has had seven, five, seven, and four targets over the last four weeks. He hasn't managed over 10 fantasy points in any of those games like what more does he need to show us that you just aren't going to start him the rest of the season if you've gotten this far consistently starting Gabe Davis in your wide receiver two or three spot congratulations dude you must have like Devonte Adams, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, like yeah, I I mean, congrats for making it this far with them, but I think you should be considering other options right now. Is is what we're saying? If you want to chase the upside, go for it. But uh, you, you know, you, you don't need to be doing that. Right. Want to talk about Travis Etienne here, boys? He has been another one who's just fallen off a cliff, just like Damian Pierce as of late, averaging five point one PPR points over the last month. One of those games was injury shortened. I will say. However, it's been atrocious here, Nate. Dallas, Jets, Tennessee, first two matchups I don't love for uh, Travis Etienne here. Well, they're starting to throw the ball more. It's like Zay Jones is the new darling on that team. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing so much better. They're not having to lean on the run as much, and I think that's affecting Etienne's value. I don't love him rest of season. I'm probably like – 
we'll say medium between medium and medium well. Somewhere like right in there, leaning towards medium where I'm still going to start him, but if he burns me another week, he's going to my bench. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like that play. It's tricky with ETN. I mean, he's had, he's you know he's had a, a smattering of tough matchups. I mean, last week was against the Titans, one of the better run defenses. But week 14 is against the Cowboys. You know, even a, at least lately a better run defense. It does get easier for ETN um, with the Jets and the Texans week 15 with 16 and 17. Um, the one re the, this might be oversimplifying, but I'll, and I'll be talking about this a little bit later too. But the the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that the Jaguars have the worst schedule for passing games for quarterbacks and for wide receivers. Brutal in the playoffs. So um, maybe they will rely on the run a little bit more um, against team. You know, the teams they're facing are much are stronger. I mean, Dallas is just strong on defense. Unless you play their DST as, as a smash against the Texans and they get you five points like last week. But overall, you know, Dallas DST has been has been really tough. So I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm medium to medium rare. He's a guy, he's a guy based on where I have, you know, where he stands in most of my lineups. I, I'm starting him. Um I just I really wish he had smashed and continued to ascend into that RB1 territory. He was right there. He was yeah. right there. Yeah. So and he'll be there next season. Yeah. I like the I like the Jags future, man. The, the, of their mm-hmm. offense. Doug 100%, Peterson. 100% agree with you guys. Unfortunately, he's not the only running back, though, that has underperformed. And Alvin Kamara has also scored single digits in four out of his last five, still getting really like a healthy dose of targets. But since his week eight, 42.8 performance, only scored 40.3 fantasy points across five games. So, has not been very effective lately. Scott, can you trust him? Atlanta, Cleveland, Philly coming up. I think I still got to chase this. Like I, I feel like I, I, I'm more confident in Kamara maybe having a smash game these next couple weeks than ETN um, just because we have seen it in the past. And, and maybe I'm holding on to false hope, but I don't think I can, I can bench him even though he has been atrocious. No, I don't think I can either. Um, you know, especially if you're, if you're in full PPR. I just don't think you can bench somebody like Kamara. Um, and, you know, they're coming off their bye. So you always hope that maybe on their bye, they're like, oh, hey, we should get it to that Alvin guy more. He's really good. But they have a really good de- they have a really good uh, playoff schedule uh, for running backs. So I'm, I'm rolling. I'm rolling with him. He's one of those guys. I doubt I've got somebody, I, you know, the, the, the people on my bench I might consider starting over him is what I consider getting a little too cute, probably at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he stinks it up against Atlanta, yeah, then then I might be making. Well, for one, my season might be over, and two, <laughs> I might be you know I might be making a different decision for Week 15. The 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 Cleveland matchup in Week 16 is very appealing. They've been a very good matchup really since the beginning of the season to running back. So I would be interested in him there. Nate, any additional thoughts on Kamara? Yeah, it's been shitty, but I think we got to keep rolling with this guy. We we've seen what he can do just this season he has he has a ceiling higher than almost any other running back on the slate well and you nailed it he has a ceiling higher than any other running back on the slate and he's about to go up against two awful defenses against the run the only matchup i'm worried about is philly in week 17 yep. but if he plays well against atlanta and cleveland i'm gonna roll him out in week 17 if he doesn't play well against atlanta or cleveland i'm not starting him in week 17 
I want to win and I'm willing to do weird things in championships for players trending down. Yep. I, I certainly agree with that analysis guys. I appreciate it. Let's round out the discussion here on the, the fantasy playoffs panic and trust meter with Trevor Lawrence. Where does he go in our scale of rare medium and well, where does Trevor Lawrence go overall QB 10 in points per game last four games here, QB four, but it was a very favorable schedule form. Zero interceptions since week eight here. Dallas Jets, Houston, all top five fewest points allowed to quarterback matchups on the horizon. He's been so good, guys. But but is it time to get away from him? Um, Scott, was it was it you the one who wanted to talk about Trevor tonight? Yeah, I, I added in Lawrence because I just think it's an interesting one because he's been so good, which I'm so stoked to see. I love it when these quarterbacks who were given up on because they didn't smash as a rookie finally click. Like we've seen it with Justin Fields this year. We've seen it with Trevor Lawrence now. Um, I'm really interested to see how he performs in these games. For from uh, obviously from a fantasy standpoint, but just as a as an analyst and somebody who's who's looking at the projecting of these of these players, these three weeks against these matchups could tell a, a pretty concise story about Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, if he's, if he's able, cause that's the thing is like, we spend a lot of time this time of year talking about matchups as we should, you know, we have to look at the matchups. We want to, we want to maximize that edge we might have. But if you think a quarterback is just good, then you start them even in bad matchups. I'm almost there with Lawrence. I agree. I agree. I'm very um, close there. So I, I think I'm I'm medium rare on Lawrence. I think just you know if, if his ma- if his matchups were any better, it would be full on rare. You know, the cow's still mooing um, <laughs> because he's been so good and they pass it so much and you know the weapons he has. You know, so I just wanted to throw him in there because it's a it's a really good comparison of talent, you know, and and, and recent success versus a brutal matchup and what we do with that. In Lawrence's case, I'm probably still starting him. Yeah, I think so too, especially with Kyler Murray and the injuries just piling up at the quarterback position. He is a QB1 for me this week looking at the landscape. I counted him out a couple weeks ago against Baltimore, and he showed out, proved me wrong. So I think we got to keep rolling Trevor Lawrence here, guys. I love the discussion here on the panic meter. We're going to move forward in the show within the scope. I want to welcome in everyone to the podcast. I see we have some new faces coming in. Um, just want to let you guys know if you do like feel good lifestyle advice combined with your fantasy sports analysis, subscribe to the channel, come back and hang out with us again. That's what we do here at IBT Media. Guys, let's jump into some in the scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. In the scope. If you guys have been listening to this segment all year, we have been saving you guys' fab. Last week, I highlighted Chuba Hubbard. I thought he could be a really good stash and someone that you could not you could play not only last week against Seattle, but moving forward here, he's one of the top waiver ads this week. We're going to talk a little bit about him. Before we get into our in-the-scope candidates, the players that we think you can get after the waivers run, let's talk about the mainstream guys right here. We talked a little bit about quarterbacks here, but Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, they're my favorite streamers this week if you need someone. Nate, how hot are you on these two? I love Brock Purdy. 
I think Brock Purdy is about to be everyone's favorite new quarterback. I've compared him to people like Kurt Warner and Tom Brady today. Um, as far as situation, just as far as situation, I think it's very um, interesting that he had a Tom Brady esque game against Tom Brady in a Tom Brady esque situation. Just saying. Um, but I like, I really like Brock pretty a lot. I think rest of season, obviously he's the starter there. He's got weapons. He's shown how effective he can be. And dude, Goss, this team has a shot at the playoffs guys. I mean, Goss played well enough to get this team in contention. So I, I like it. Okay. Okay. Scott, I want, I want to pivot over to wide receivers, the mainstream options here. It's Donovan Peoples-Jones, which, guys, is it going to take us all season get his roster percentage above 50%? We highlighted him in a week six in the scope segment that I liked him as someone who you could have picked up back then for free. You can still pick him up. You're probably going to have to claim him this week. But he's been electric despite Deshaun Watson being putrid. Scott, how much do you like Donovan Peoples-Jones and DJ Chark? Welcome back to Mr. Chark as well, who's been excellent down the stretch. Oh, I, I, I love DPJ. We love DPJ at IBT, FYI. Um, uh, I mean, even with uh, whatever that guy's name is at the as quarterback, kind of stinking up the room in Cleveland. Um, do you want DPJ? Do you want to know what his target share was in Week 14? Please, thirty percent, just above thirty percent. Elite with that with Amari Cooper out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean DPJ. Yeah, he's a he's a I think he's kind of the poster boy for this segment for this season for IBT. Um, mm. I mean, yes, we've been we've been saying we've mentioned his name multiple times, but he's just he, he's a I think he's one of those perfect candidates that no one is rushing to the waiver wire for for whatever reason. Um, and as far as the theme of these players, he's one of the best ones out there to grab. DJ Chark, I love to see it, man. Um, I you know, he's he's battled injury all year, but. He's just yet another weapon for Goff. And, you know, as Nate was saying, um, I do like Goff as well. Uh, but there's no, I mean, the, the only thing I'm worried about DJ Chark is, is again, the Lions rest of season schedule is much more friendly to running backs. So mm-hmm. they might run it a little bit more. Um, but, you know, you can't argue with what he's done the last few games, just under 100 yards in both games. I mean, obviously, as chemistry with Jared Goff, he's, seemingly closer to healthy than he's been all season. So yeah, both these guys. We got Brad here in the chat saying Detroit lions right now are top five NFC team. If you look at how all the NFL NFC teams are playing, you can't name five better teams right now. And I can't in that conference, they've won five out of six, almost pulled out one on Thanksgiving against the bills too. They've been electric and we're going to continue to ride that hot hand here. Let's shift to the mainstream running back options this week on a lot of waiver wires, guys. First one, we touched on him early in the show. We won't get too much into it, but Sexy Rexy, 7.1% rostered. Rex Burkhead, that is. Chuba Hubbard, I was all over him last week. I still like him moving forward, 19% rostered. Get him on your rosters. And then a guy that Scott and I have highlighted both on this segment twice this season. One was me, I think, week one or two. I was a little bit early to the party on Jarrett McKinnon. But, Scott, you highlighted him a couple weeks ago, too. 34.6% rostered, just dropped a 30-burger. And, like, it, it seems like now the Chiefs are using exactly him exactly how they were down the stretch last year, Scott. I'm Like, I couldn't be more excited. 
I just wish this was earlier in the season when I had him in all my rosters. Well, I mean, yeah, the Chiefs, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, they're using Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon how Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon should be used. Um, you know, and Jarek McKinnon, obviously he gets most of his he gets most of his play in the, in the passing game, but he excels at that. Um, I threw him into a lineup this past week, a little bit of a little bit of a okay, I'll, I'll give him a shot this week in, in a game um, honestly that I needed to win to make the playoffs in a dynasty league and you know, pleasantly surprised. So, so Jarek McKinnon, um, I, one more thing about Chuba Hubbard. I, I just wanted to, to throw in a few quick stats. Um, it's not going to take a foreman injury. Chuba Hubbard is going to have fantasy relevance the rest of the season. Um, since Sam Darnold. Okay. So on the season, the pass run ratio for the Panthers is a little bit above 50% pass a little boat, but below 50% run since Sam Darnold took over the two games they played with Darnold 30% pass 70% run. Absurd. Last five games, it's like forty percent pass, sixty percent run. They are they are running, and they their defense winning well enough that they are in games, so they can continue to run. They played the Seahawks, who I guess you just bank two hundred rushing yards. Anybody that plays them these days, um, but yeah, Chuba, I, I like, and I haven't really ever been a Chuba guy, but I like him rest of the season. Yeah, I know somewhere out in uh, out in north northern California, a guy Bo McBrayers. Rolling in his rolling in his bed right now because he hates Chuba Hubbard, but I like him, man. And, and oh, I, man. I talked about it last week. Like they need to see what they have in this guy because they have seven picks in the first five rounds of drafts. So uh, I I actually got got a DM from someone saying, "Hey, thank you for uh, highlighting Chuba Hubbard on this segment last week um, because he was a really big asset for me here, helped me win in Week 14, get into the playoffs." So I, I was glad to hear that. A um, couple tight ends we'll quickly touch on. Evan Ingram out there, 44.5% rostered. You should be picking him up if you need a tight end right now. It's crazy, but, uh, I mean, Evan Ingram's been great, guys. And then I want to pronounce this right. Chig Okun. Nate, Nate, can you help me with that? You're good with weird names. <laughs> Gee, why could that be? Chigosium Okonkwo. Okay, so rookie tight end for the, for the Tennessee Titans. We've seen him come on the last c- couple weeks. Um, some really sharp analysts were pointing it out two, three weeks ago, last week as well. Nate, you highlighted him in your column today. You're okay with spending up fab if you need a tight end. Traylon Burks has been good when he's in. He's hurt or concussion, and we know that that's turning into like a two-week injury at this point. They're being so cautious with it. Robert Woods hasn't done jack shit, guys. They paid him a lot of money to be fairly fantasy irrelevant. But Chig, Chig has been the fantasy tight end three in PPR formats for the last three weeks. He's seeing the usage. He's seeing the snap counts. He's seeing the snap share. And let's be honest, man, like, Tight end landscape sucks right now. It's just hard to Evan Ingram, tight end one. Hero. Hero. Evan Ingram's not, he's a hero right now for people. Dude, the only person I saw talking about Evan Ingram was Andrew Cooper of Fantasy Alarms. So shout out to Andrew for being a little bit early on that one. Hey, I liked those tweets. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, I uh I did place an anytime TD bet, I think a week two or three on uh on evan ingram so i was too early to the party i was too early to the party <laughs> on ingram that week um, but guys i i love the analysis on these top mainstream waiver options let's dig a little deeper to our free agent finds our in the scope targets these are players you can pick up probably after your waivers run save that fab you might need it here in week 16 and 17 scotty you're up first buddy 
All right. So mine's a so mine's somewhat uh, injury dependent, but my short thing sleeper is Chris Moore, uh, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Um, it's a little bit of a last man standing situation, but what we saw when he was the last man standing in week 14 was catching 10 of 11 targets, 40% target share for 124 yards. Um, his, his route participation went up to above 90%. Now, again, this Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks were both out. I don't know that I don't think we know yet whether they're going to be available in the next week. I think Collins might be a little bit more likely than Brandon Cooks. Who knows with Brandon Cooks? They're out of it. He could just get shut down for the rest of the season. Who knows? So if both those guys are playing, then this is a little bit less of a, of a call. But I mean, Chris Moore showed it. He 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 is the target when those guys are out. Um, and and looking at looking at Houston, I mean, they play Kansas City, who They've been better against receivers lately as opposed to season long, but still a, a decent matchup. You've got Tennessee, who is the best matchup for receivers season long. They're the third best matchup over their last five games. And then you've got Jacksonville. They're the fourth best wide receiver matchup season long, last five games, however you want to look at it. So very, very good uh, schedule. Damian Pierce is gone, uh, or Damian Pierce is out at least probably for a few games, if not the rest of the season. They're probably going to be passing it more. So again if even if just one of those other guys is out uh chris moore who's 4.7 percent rostered on sleeper you know in one qb redraft right now i think he's a great after waivers run grab him if you're if you're stuck and and you and you get that injury news throw him in there yeah chris moore has been very effective out of the slot he runs a lot out of the slot so whether it's Davis Mills, whether it's Jeff Driscoll or any of these knuckleheads back there for Houston, I, I think he's Driscoll. really appealing. What was with that? What was with them switching back and forth from Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills? Was Mills hurt? Because one drive I was watching Driscoll, the next I was watching Dougie Mills. So I was just a little confused on what was happening there. And no, they weren't, I was, you know, I was watching Red Zone. So it was kind of flipping back and forth. I didn't know, Nate, you're kind of a Texan whisperer over there. you have any insight on what's going on? <laughs> no, I think the team's just choosing to use two quarterbacks. Lovey Smith said they were going to do it again this week. I, I, The Broncos did this one season. John Elway was hurt, and we had Tommy Maddox. And I think it was his rookie season. We had another rookie quarterback, Sean Moore. And the Broncos, literally against the Dallas Cowboys that week, went series for series for series through the entire first half. So it's not unheard of. It's an interesting strategy, but it worked for Chris Moore last week. So, yeah. Yeah. Scott, I really like Chris Moore though. I think he, if Nico Collins or Brandon cooks are sidelined and, or both of them, I think he's a really good play. I mean, we've seen his targets creep up each and every week. So a uh, really good call here, Scotty. Um, Nate, why don't you hit us with your in the scope target here for week number 15, please, my man. So I'm going with another wide receiver, but I'm going to go with Isaiah Hodgins in New York. There hasn't been a lot to love lately in this offense, guys. Like it's been kind of gross. They've lost what four of their last five, something like that. It's been ugly. We thought things were going to get better with Bellinger coming back. There was going to be some clarity with receivers and targets where they were going to go, but now Bellinger's hurt again. But Hodgins has actually been fairly reliable the last three weeks. He's had a yeah, 70 plus. Week. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's had a 70 plus percent snap share the last three weeks, which are the three highest of the season for him. He had four, six and six targets, but he's had two really good games with a touchdown. And 
what who's gonna come in and Kenny Galladay? I mean, no. Galladay's gonna Galladay. That's just the way of it. Richie James has been getting involved a little bit. Obviously, Darius Slayton, but the matchups are really good for him for the fantasy playoffs as well. I like them. They're at Washington, at Minnesota. I don't love the Washington matchup. Certainly. At Minnesota, but then they have Indy at home for the fantasy championships. It's a really good schedule, and he's a wide wide receiver three flex. But pretty much every team right now out there could use a good wide receiver three or flex play. And he's rostered in 0.4% of ESPN leagues, folks. 0.4%. Wow. Wow, I didn't realize it was that low. So he's available in your league. It's not a sexy name. He didn't work out where he was before. I think it was Buffalo um, before coming to New York here. But he could be a guy down the stretch here. They're using him. Um, it doesn't look like OBJ is going to be back with the team. So it could, they could be rolling into the playoffs. Granted, they make the playoffs with Hodgins as their number two here. Nate, I think it's a really sneaky call. Um, I, I like this one almost as much as Chris Moore, if not better than Chris Moore. Like I said, I had to, I had to roll Hodgins out in a league last week. I was in a pinch um, from a couple of bye weeks. So uh, Hodgins, man, I don't, I don't mind that at all here. Uh, any time frame on, frame on when we could see Bellinger back, Nate? No, we haven't really heard anything official, but at this point, like, I feel like they're going to ease him back into anything, you know? Okay. He- Albert saying here too, Albert always informed me, appreciate you, buddy, saying uh, Richie James in concussion protocol, so might not see Mr. Yeah. Uh, RJ this week. Uh, and then we just want to cu- catch up on a couple uh, comments in the chat here too. Albert saying Jeff Driscoll has tight end eligibility on Yahoo. That's cool. That's fun. I don't think I really want to use him, but uh, that is interesting. I really do like that, that, uh, that, that mentioned there, Albert. And then uh, Brad saying, Seth, the Texans are trying this new technique called tanking. So <laughs> that makes sense as well. That makes sense as well. As, uh, maybe even more than the, the Broncos comparison old Nate was thrown out. <clears throat> They've got it pretty well wrapped up. R- really, really good. Uh, r- r- really good in the scope targets, guys. I honestly like those a lot when I came to the table tonight. Normally, I'm the first one to submit mine. Those were two I was looking at, and they were both taken. So I said, okay. Let's pivot a little bit, boys. Let's pivot, talk about something we nor- don't normally do, and that's defenses here. And I want to highlight a defense right now that is sub-10% rostered, probably not going to be claimed this week. I-, I think you can get them probably after waivers run. Quietly a top-10 defense this week or this season, 3.5 sacks over the last four. That's the Carolina Panthers D slash uh, special teams here, guys. Allow an average of 15.5 points per game over that last month span, two of those games, Ravens and Seahawks. So they haven't played all bad opponents here. The Panthers, Pittsburgh this week. I love that matchup, especially with no with, with no uh, Kenny. Could get some uh, Mitchell Trubisky picks, pick sixes possibly. Detroit, I will not play them against Detroit with the burner they're on right now. But Tampa Bay, that could be a game for the division, boys. That could mm-hmm. be a game for the NFC South. And the way Brian Burns and this J.C. Horn stepped up lately, I love it. They're not getting a ton of uh, a ton of turnovers, but the sacks are so great right now that I have to roll out the, them the, the moving forward here, guys. Negatives just once this season versus the Bengals. Um, am, am I nuts for thinking Panthers DST like it's 2018 again, boys? Not at all. I mean, we 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 touched on them a little bit earlier. I mean, they get Pittsburgh and whoever is going to be the quarterback this week. Um, and I mean, then they get Detroit, but like the thing about DSTs is, and I think I mentioned this last podcast, you know, 
it's not always going to be about getting the points that you're award, rewarded for them giving up few points. It's going to be turnovers and sacks a lot of times. And I think a game, Carolina and Detroit, even though they might lose some of that points allowed bonus, they could still be a good matchup with sacks, with with a high with a you know with a with a higher offensive game, potentially more turnovers. I think they're I think they're 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 a great pickup. Awesome. Awesome. little DST love here. Nate, any final thoughts? We've kind of, uh, you know, talked about this defense more than we ever really talked about any defenses today. So shout out Brad Bolt for telling me this a few weeks ago. And I was like, no, their defense isn't going to get better. And he, what do you know? Brad was right. So apparently this offense is going to get much better over the next few weeks too. And I believe Brad. Um, so shout out Brad. Uh, everything you said also, Seth. Yep. Sam Darnold to the rescue. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Well, guys, that will about do it here for uh, for the top of the show. We're going to round it out here with some weekly advice and just tell little stories, um, talk a little bit of advice on how if we do end up not winning our fantasy football championships, which we hope you do, how we can make the best of it here in weekly advice. Weekly. Weekly. All right, weekly advice. So we just heard from Pat Fitzmorris on Friday, and Pat was telling us, Nate, that he hasn't won a fantasy championship since, what, 2019 or something like that? that? Like, it just follow now. Yeah, it just attests, like, how hard it is to do this, you know? How hard it is to win a fantasy football championship. So super interesting to hear that from Pat. So I think it's just reality we need to face. There are 12 or 10, you know, maybe a different number amount of teams in your league, maybe more, maybe less. One of those are going to go home with a trophy. The other of us, we have to be respectful. We have to take our licks and learn lessons from the season. Um, but I kind of just want to open up the floor here. I have a story I would like to share before we uh, close out here. But do you guys have any stories about learning to lose gracefully or any advice you can give our listeners? Um, Scott, want to start with you, man. You have two little girls, so I- I'm sure this is a lesson that you're trying to instill in them. Um, as they continue to grow. I'm really trying, but I've always been so competitive with everything that I've not necessarily, I have not necessarily been the biggest role model on losing gracefully. One quick little story example I want to give is I remember I was playing baseball in high school and we were playing our crosstown rival. I was up with two outs guys on second and third down by one run. So classic situation. Base Base hit wins the game. I ground it out. And there's actually video footage as I what you know as I ran through first base and realized I was out. There's video footage of me throwing my helmet as far as I possibly could, and then unsuccessfully trying to rip up my batting gloves as I screamed. Now, this was in high school, and you know, but that that image of myself doing that and remembering how that felt has stuck with me. Like that isn't cool, right? Mm-hmm. So I really try. I mean, it's it's tough. My my advice is, and I, I put out a tweet earlier today. If you want to go check it out where I kind of talked about this a little bit, where it's okay to get frustrated about it. It's okay to voice and express that frustration. Like, don't don't listen to the people like, we don't want to hear about it. Oh, you're just whining. You're just complaining. Don't listen to that. Come talk to me. If you, you know, come talk to any of us at IBT. If you, if you need somewhere to vent, it's, I think it's not realistic, realistic to say, Hey, just don't get frustrated because it's fantasy football and it's not real life and blah, 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 whatever. If you get frustrated, it doesn't really matter what's frustrating you. Um, talk about it. Talk to somebody about it. Get it out of your head. 
um, that, 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 that helped me today. I was, I was in a pretty frustrated place earlier this morning with how some of the, my fantasy in and out playoff situations transpired. And I, I wrote this tweet where I got some of it out of my head, you know, and put it out, put it out there. And I felt better afterwards. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't feel ashamed if you get frustrated and you get mad and you voice it. Um, it's good for you. It's therapeutic to get that stuff out of your head. So like I said, if you do want to commiserate about fantasy football, yeah. bad beats, any of that kind of stuff, hit me up anytime. I, I mean, I, it's painful, but I enjoy talking with other people about that who know what, it's, what that experience feels like. So that's my biggest advice. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. It's okay to be frustrated. Talk about it. Um, it, it, you know, just don't, don't let it take, don't, don't let it, don't let it linger and, and take too much power over you. Man. I love that. I love that story, Scott. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us being a little vulnerable, even though that's a situation you don't really love, uh, you know, talking about. Oh, and, uh, man. we have Brad saying, so Stop true, it. Scott. Nate is amazing. He is probably sick of all the DMs I say expressing my frustration. Never. Never, Brad. We appreciate. Never. We appreciate. You know, it, it's a game, and I know a lot of T. Higgins managers were very frustrated here in week number fourteen. So, uh, I, I feel that Nate, you kind of talked about it a little bit earlier in your column. You compared being a fantasy manager to being a homeowner, and how sometimes you just want to give it to someone else and have it be someone else's problem. Um, talk a little bit about that, and if you have any stories or anything you can talk about um, accepting defeat. Well, I accept defeat with this house on a daily basis. <laughs> Seth, you know, I tell you, it's like, okay, so I went to change a light this week in our laundry room. The light bulb went out. The fixtures have been in there for about nine years. Pull the light bulb out. It's one of these little like two prong ones. It's not like a normal, just screw in. Right. And we're like, no, this is stupid. We don't even know if they make these light bulbs anymore. So we bought some fixtures off of Amazon why scott why we're there five six six negative wires that were like the thick gauge copper all twisted what? together what it's a cut dude you try wiring that oh my god <laughs> it's aluminum wiring that's ridiculous so, um for two days i tried to get it done and um every time jen heard something hit the ground upstairs in our laundry room she also heard some uh, four-letter words follow <laughs> so, so this is this is how well i do with losing um once in high school we were getting beat we got put in the wrong division in baseball in legion and we are a freshman team playing 5a um, varsity teams and we played the state champions over the summer and I gave up like 15 runs in three innings. And I got so frustrated. I just started hitting batters because the coach wouldn't pull me. And I figured if I hit three or four guys, they were going to toss me because I hated losing so bad. I just wanted out of the game. Hey, well, I, I, I love that story, Nate. I, you know, I think that's really, really good advice there is, you know, we're going to get frustrated here in fantasy football, but we are here to help. And speaking of here to help, before we round out the show, we got some questions I do want to address here. First, we got Michael O'Day. What's up, Michael? Thanks for making us part of your evening, man. He's saying, Chris Olave or Waddle in the flex. Please help. Michael, we went on a very long rant about Jalen Waddle and why it's really hard to trust him. He's more of a low-end wide receiver, too, for us moving forward. This week, Chris Olave, he's got the Falcons. And I, I would much rather roll out Chris Olave. I think the floor is a lot safer ceiling might not be as high but but i gotta roll a olave here guys how do you feel about it i'm rolling out olave 
No question. I like the matchup better. Yeah, I'm a little – I'm probably going with Olave, but I will say the Falcons on the season are the, like, fifth best matchup for wide receivers. But over their last five games, they are the third toughest. So, I mean, take take what you want with with trends and that sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's opponent-adjusted, so it's not necessarily based on just facing terrible opponents. But they've been a lot better against receivers lately than they have on the season. Well, that the thing means- is – Go ahead. The thing is that Olave is going to get all of the wide receiver points in this. Well, game. that's what I mean. I mean, so, that, that's my only that's my only reason it's not a slam dunk for Olave. Um, is the matchup I don't think is as good as it looks. It's still I still think it's decent though. Um, it's divisional, and I'm still going with Olave. Michael saying thank you guys, love you guys all the way from yeah. I can't pronounce that t- town, Michigan. Thank you. Michael, we appreciate you, man, for tuning in. We hope you yep. subscribe to the channel. Come back, hang out with us again. We're here to help you, not just this season, but every season um, with your fantasy football advice. Okay, so I just want to round us out here. My weekly advice. I want to talk about a little bit of story. Kind of like your guys' it revolves around high school sports. So my senior year of high school, basically the goal was to get to regionals for me. I never made it out of the district tournament. I had to be top four in the district. Early in my career, early in my high school wrestling career, I wasn't a great wrestler, honestly. I kind of came back and, and really worked hard at it. Never worked so hard at something in my life up to that point. So, uh, you know, I, w- I was really, really sad when I, I made it to what they call the heartbreak rounds. And I went up against a kid that I knew he had beat me before this year. I beat him the year before, but he threw headlocks. And I said, Seth, just stay away from the headlock because the kid was a lot stronger than me. I thought I had better technique than him. If I could wrestle the full six minutes, I win. But if I get thrown in a headlock, I lose. Said, so stay up out of the tie. The kid, I get in on a shot right away. The kid sprawls out. We go out of bounds. I do it again. Kind of like hits me in the face a little bit. I kind of got a little like peeved off at him. Go in. He bites me into the tie. I walk right into the headlock. I get headlocked. Saw lights for my, my last high school wrestling match. I saw lights one match away from my goal. I was ranked in in the district. I've never been ranked in the district before. Had a winning record. You know, really happy with the season. But I was devastated, boys. I was devastated. And, and you know, I was in the locker room, honestly, just sulking afterwards. My older brother comes in. And my older brother, he doesn't have a lot of uh, great quotes through, throughout my lifetime that I can honestly remember. And this was probably the best ever. He said, Seth, it's okay to fall short in high school sports. Uh, you know, fall short of your goals in high school sports. But don't fall short of your goals in life. And, that really stuck to me, and I think we can apply that to fantasy football leagues as well moving forward here, guys. Um, you know, it's okay to fall short of your goals. If that's a championship, if that's playoffs and you miss playoff, it's okay to fall short. Just make sure in life that you're doing everything you can to strive to not only reach your goals but help other people reach their goals and just be a good person. So uh, I wanted to share that story that my, my, my brother, you know, instilled some life advice well, uh, that was like nine, you know, seven, eight years ago at this point. I, I'll never forget it. So I want to thank Austin for that. I want to thank the audience tonight, guys. It was great hearing from so many new faces, so many familiar faces. So I greatly appreciate all that, guys. Any any final thoughts here, guys? Because I am ready to uh, absolutely send it into uh, week number 15 here, boys. If you've never had a pedicure before, go get one. I get one tomorrow, finally. It's been like two months <laughs> and I'm excited. They're great, guys. Don't be afraid. You rock petty, Scott? Never have. Never have. I've never experienced one. No. They massage your feet. 
Oh, I know what it is. I just have never experienced. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly didn't know the 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 difference between a manicure and a pedicure. So I appreciate you pointing that out for me, guys. Nate and I will be back on Friday. We do a Tuesday and a Friday show during the season. So bring your start sit and some more trade questions on Friday afternoon. We have some really great guests lined up for you. Until then, guys, keep it in between and good luck on Thursday night football, y'all. Peace. Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 